Hey guys, what's up? This is the second episode of Rasa Talks. We are going to bring you the latest news about the startups and tech in Iran. This is Mohammad Reza. I'm Hamed. And I'm Ali Reza. You had a step conference, right? Yep. So what do you know about it, Ali Reza? This is one of the biggest gatherings of investors, entrepreneurs in the MENA region. And uh, th- this time, there was actually Iranian speakers. So there was an Iran panel. We were, really, we were really excited about that. And we got good feedbacks on that. So uh, many attended the, the panel, including Mike Butcher, and o- other people that were actually not, not, not even Iranian, but they were really interested in Iran. So the, that was really big. And we hope to see more Iranian speakers in this conference next year. So, Hamid, what do you think about step conference and uh, startup gatherings like this? I mean, I want to see more international you know, conferences like a step in Iran. I mean, they had a they had a panel in the conference, and they were focusing on Iran, Iran startup ecosystem. But I want to see more international conferences in Iran, something like step conference, and having uh, you know international people here in Iran. The next title is about robotics, right? That's right. Uh, the 11th uh, RoboCop Iran Open competition happened just a few days ago from April 6th to 8th. And more than 600 uh, teams uh, registered for the event and uh, over 300 of them uh, got accepted to uh, attend the competition. Teams from Iran, United States, UK, South Korea, Germany, Afghanistan, Peru and China were some of the teams from uh, these countries. They have a manifest. Manifest says that the, uh, there would be uh, a team of robots in 2050 that would play with the human uh, team and they would win the game. I can't so, imagine that. Yeah, it would be like amazing, right? It's ridiculous. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, we can predict the future. Like, a uh, few days ago, we had like DeepMind from Google that uh, win the game uh, from uh, the GoBoard game from the best player in the whole world. So nobody expected to, to this happen uh, like uh, now. They expected to, to this happen like uh, 20 or 30 years from now. I mean, so we can like, just... Going back 10 years ago, when you say there's something called a tablet that does this, people would have actually thought you were crazy because they thought it was a Star Trek, Star Wars kind of a thing. So it, it's hard to imagine, but it's most, most likely possible that will happen in 2050. And we had Cafe Bazaar. They signed a contract with Supercell. Like Clash of Clans right now is a, like, like the biggest mobile game in Iran. Everyone plays it like from five-year-old to 70-year-old. People are spending so much money on this game, even, even though we don't have like, any international payment services. That's right. I mean, but, it was a big hassle, you know, if you wanted to make a payment on the game. Uh, so everything was in dollars and we don't have access to credit cards in Iran. So what happened was we had to ask a middleman. So there were like tons of uh, websites that were playing the uh, role of a middleman to, you know, so you went to them, asked them to buy you a gift card and they, you know, they, they gave you a code. Uh, you used the redeem code and you had to, you know, charge your account to buy, you know, uh, the gems from yeah to buy yeah. the gems or make in-app purchases on the app. Yeah, these third-party companies they made fortune. 
Yeah. yeah. With this, with this new contract with Cafe Bazaar, uh, would make it for would I'm, make I'm not, it for. I'm not sure if they're quite happy about this. I mean, there sh there should have been hundreds of people on this business, and now they're, they have to think of another business. But it's this. not uh, so. Uh, you know, Clash of Clans is not their only business. So they're selling uh, Spotify gift cards, Apple gift cards, Microsoft gift gift cards, many things. You know. Yeah, but uh, we have like nearly uh, five to six million players. Of Clash of Clans in Iran, uh, only on Cafe Bazaar. Only on Cafe Bazaar. Yeah. So we didn't count the iPhone users and the people that would use Android market. So six million like, Android users in Iran only downloaded from one certain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, that, that is huge. Yeah, I mean, that, the six million is more than. So, I guess, so I guess it's not countries. crazy to say we have at least ten over million. 10 million yeah. Uh, yeah. players on the on the game. So imagine the six million would uh, purchase their uh, gems from Cafe Bazaar. So it would be like crazy Ooh, for go rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the fact is that we have like auctions on the account of uh, Clash of Clans in Iran. Like we have an account that would sell for like uh, four to five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a business for yeah. some people. Yeah. I, I feel like an old man right now, not knowing these things enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we have people, uh, I uh, uh, read this interview with a, a young guy. He has spent 70 million two months on Clash of Clans. Wow. 70 million on yeah. that? So how much is that in dollars? About like... 20... Nearly 20,000 uh, dollars. Like 21, 22K. Yeah. You can uh, fund two seed state startups, like pre-seed <laughs> startups with that. Yeah. So exactly. that was spent on a game. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting world, people. It's crazy. Like, a game could affect people uh, this much. Yeah. You know, what this tells me is, is the, how big the gaming market in Iran is. So for game developers, for gamers... So uh, Iran is actually a market that uh, gamers, uh, game developers can actually, you know, think about and invest in. I think that we have a game right now in Cafe Bazaar. I think the first game before Clash of Clans came. I think that the local the, uh, one. Yeah, not the local one. The one of the uh, the games that uh, Cafe Bazaar signed a contract with. Okay. I think that they might be making like uh, ten million tomans per day. That's Two to three thousand dollars per day. Three k a day. Yeah. yeah, and from Iranian users only. Yeah, but one game. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. The next topic would be uh, financial sanctions. We don't. We can't. Uh, as Hamid mentions, we have like many gift cards right now in the market. Like there are many tons of websites that would sell you online, like Spotify account. Uh, uh, Xbox account, PlayStation Network account, uh, you name it. Like yeah. everything, every online services that you use right now, we, ha we can like have it, have the gift cards in Iran. So uh, this way, people in Iran can actually use international services, uh, online services from outside of Iran without having any international payment services. Yeah, but you have to pay more, right? We have to pay more, yeah. Like uh, like 20% more than uh, you can actually purchase the service from outside of Iran. But uh, people crave to use the services. Yeah. Like uh, with the internet penetration and the mobile internet uh, taking off in the past few years, like uh, it's a good time to just use the services. But you know what is... Uh, so 
you know, one thing is the prices, I guess, so the prices are in dollars, actually. So change yeah. to Oman. And they are actually really high for, you know, if you look at the Iranians with their incomes. So uh, I know in Russia, so for example, some, you know, services and games are actually cheaper compared to, you know, Western Europe and North America. So, but in Iran, people have to pay what people in North America are paying. So, and it's not and fair. After, yeah, it's not fair, and even twenty percent more. Because yeah. they buy it anyway. So can, they, they can't buy it directly. We're talking about a consumer savvy people. Right? We are buying it anyway. Buying it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the minimum wage in Iran is nearly one million, and it's like three hundred dollars. So, uh, and the minimum wage in the US, I don't know. It's I think it, it should uh, be two thousand. It's um, I don't know. It's I know, but yeah. So in the U.S., I guess it's at least uh, eight dollars uh, per per hour, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. McDonald's gave you six. No, it's not. <laughs> Come God. on, sure. Is it? It was six euros in Europe. Okay. So those of the, those of you living in the U.S., please leave us a comment. How much wages in the U.S. In, but, in the state you live in? But anyway, if you want to like uh, talk about average uh, salaries, average salary in Iran might be uh, one and a half million. So it's, it's like five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars max. So, so people in the U.S. would get wage. That, that's not even a bad income in Iran. Is is not you don't, you're not considered as poor. Well, you're not rich either. Yeah. And even though with this kind of salary, as, as you mentioned, yeah. they buy stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and you bought a Spotify account, Mark. Yeah, finally I did. I paid uh, 47,000 tomans and it's uh, for the $10 uh, gift card. But so I that paid... Would be, I guess, $3 more, right? $13? Yeah, I paid uh, 12,000 tomans more, which is like I paid it like uh, 30 to 14 bucks for a Spotify account, for $10 account. But I did anyway, because I just want to experience the service. Yeah. Because I can listen to music on the highway, on the streets... It's something that we didn't have like two years ago. Nobody could imagine you could like be on highway in Tehran. Yeah, online and, streaming was yeah. unimaginable. Yeah. And for those of you who, who, who doesn't really know what sanctions have done to Iran is that for the past years, uh, it's, it's not just about services that are not accessible. Many products uh, couldn't be shipped to Iran. So we're talking about drugs, pharmaceuticals. We're talking about minerals. We're talking about uh, high-end products. Um, we can, it's easy to say almost every American product couldn't officially be imported to yeah. Iran. So they were either smuggled or something else. So uh, credit cards, on the other hand. So we, we, you don't have credit cards. So imagine you're, you're in a country that it's sanctioned by the international community. And you don't have credit cards to buy anything. So everything is local. So you have, you have a, uh, everything you have is a debit card. So debit card in Iran acts as credit card. You do everything with your debit card. So every functionality your debit and credit card has together and outside of Iran, in Iran it's only one debit card and it does it all. So you pay everything, you pay your utilities, you pay online, you get your cash, so uh, you, you just name it. So uh, now the sanctions have been lifted, that doesn't mean we have access to credit card right now. But it could mean that s some international companies, European companies, can now access Iran and 
like get, get, get in contact with Iran and sign partnerships and open up the banks yet. So Mahmoud, you, you were talking about SWIFT uh, earlier today. So what's going on in that department right now? The SWIFT stands for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. SWIFT provides a network that enables financial institutions worldwide to send and receive information about financial transactions in a secure, standardized, and reliable environment. It's basically a messaging app for banks that would send and receive uh, the transaction information to each other. But SWIFT is just an infrastructure that enables banks to do transactions. There's a network, right? Yeah. So after the sanctions, Iran is now officially part of this network again. Again. What? So there's a but in it. Right? Yeah, there's a but. Uh, they can do it, but there's uh, no bank to like do it with. There have been uh, 2,800 uh, messages in SWIFT for the, in the past three months. And in only the National Bank of Iran, Milli Bank. But it's very low. Because there, there, are, there, there are no banks outside of Iran who are willing to taking the risk to do business with Iran because, because of the U.S. sanctions. So the problem right now is to find the bank who would taking the risk to do business with Iran. As you mentioned, 2,800 transactions, that's nothing comparing to uh, the transactions that happen yeah. every day. So... What, what what do you think will happen in the next couple of months now? Uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know, after the sanctions being lifted, the European sanctions lifted completely with Iran, but the U.S. sanctions are still in place. That means still no American company can enter Iran. No investor from the U.S. can invest in Iran. And the Europeans have the, the advantage right now. So it's the Chinese, the Europeans, and the, the, Iran's neighbor in the Middle East region. So, and one reason but, we can't have Visa cards and Master cards are because those companies are Americans, actually. So that's why uh, the, we're not going to see those companies. Maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, European banks uh, they don't have any problem with Iran, but if they do a business with Iran, they would uh, get into trouble with U.S. because they're having business with uh, U.S. Uh, banks too. So. It's a complicated situation, yeah, basically. The, the Austrian prime minister announced three weeks ago when, uh, when he was asked by an Iranian reporter about Iran being connected to SWIFT, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's connected. But we, we haven't seen <laughs> this transaction. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I think that will change. I mean, so there's, it's, it's, it's mostly political right now. It's nothing to do with the business side. But going back to the, start, to the startup action going on, so there's lots of Turkish com companies coming to Iran. There's lots of... Uh, st startups from uh, the UAE and Lebanon thinking about entering Iran. So now they have the key advantage. They, they have the first come advantage comparing to the U.S. companies and other companies. And uh, that, that number is really growing. And that is also a result of sanctions, I, I guess. And, uh, well, one of the biggest problems still is payment. So unless a company that starts, uh, opens another office in Iran, there's still no way for Iranians to pay them. So what do you think it will happen in, in the payment scene? What do you guys think? I mean, uh, for example, there's MTN, so they, they're, they're actually a middleman there. So a company, a German company, an investor in Germany, wants to you know, invest in a company in Iran. What they do is they go to an international company like MTN, 
and uh, they tell them, okay, uh, you have the money outside of Iran, so move, uh, and you have, uh, uh, you know, your company is also operating inside Iran, so you can move the money in Iran for me, and I can get my money from outside the country, so you'll be the middleman. So well, that was the bef that was before the sanctions. Uh, yeah. Now that can happen easily, big monies. But when we're talking about users, B two C, users can pay a service on the website still. Like the only solution that they have, like the Mastercards and Visa cards, right now, uh, they uh, they can we can get Mastercards and Visa cards in Iran, but they would do it. Uh, we have to go to some companies that do are doing these things, and they will uh, open an account in our neighbor countries. Uh, and we can have a MasterCard or a Visa card, but each time that you want to charge and charge these uh, cards, you have to pay more. Like if you want to charge it for ten dollars, you have to pay like twelve dollars to charge the card for ten dollars. So it's a complicated so we always, situation. We always have to pay more, and there's yeah. always going to be a middleman until the sanctions actually get fully lifted. I mean, the U.S. sanctions get fully lifted. Uh, we had the news that Cortado raised money, right? Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Cortado is a cafe management solution system. And um, so they're working with cafes. And for the first time, one of the Iranian companies, they decided to be, uh, you know... Fully transparent. Fully right? transparent. And so that so, is the big news, right? Yeah. So there's one news that Cortado raised 100K. Yeah. The bigger news is a company stepped forward and said, you know what, I'm going to announce that... How, how much I raise, from whom I raise. So this is not normal in Iran. Exactly. So why is that? So, so there's a think? transparency issue in Iran. So uh, we were talking with Mamaraz actually. So he, he said, so he said it's a cultural thing. So yeah. It's not just about companies and businesses. Yeah. Uh, people uh, say that many people that work in Bazaar, they say that uh, we are doing our thing and we don't have to tell any, anyone, like everyone. You're doing it, and they would see the, like... Uh, so they're making big money, and they don't want to tell people. So you ask someone, what do you do? I do import, export, you know, this stuff. But <laughs> Normally, <laughs> stuff. It's only for the numbers. <laughs> it's only for the numbers and financial stuff. So it's just about the numbers. So Iranians don't really announce numbers. Yeah. How much money I've earned, how much money I spent. So that, interestingly, the, the same thing is with the companies. So when, when a number actually gets out, that becomes a big news. Yeah. So this is a culture that we want to really change in, uh, with Tecfasa, right, guys? It actually gives a synergy to you know, other investors, other you know, companies. And with the e-commerce, uh, transparency should come. Like there yeah. is no getting out of it. If we like, want to see more uh, international investors, we should be, you know... Transparent. More transparent, yeah. So people were asking us, oh, so how much is this, uh, how much is seed valuation in Iran? So I was thinking, they don't know this because they don't see any investment announcements. And actually, in their term sheets, in many investment term sheets, the entrepreneur is not allowed to announce the number of investments. Yeah, exactly. And in Cortado case, uh, we don't know uh, the valuation, right? We just know how much money they raised. Uh, it's not, uh, they are not transparent, like for 100%, but they are starting it. Like, yeah. it's a complicated issue in Iran. Uh, and one thing I think that uh, it's causing it is that they think that if they're 
if they're telling people how much money they're making or how much money they have raised, it would uh, get the attention of other people and they might get into trouble. Maybe the competition and... So yeah. That's what they say. So yeah. they don't want our, but they I don't, don't want I don't think that's true, is it? Well, in case of uh, venture capital, that is, I guess. So they don't want to, uh, they want the competitors to know how much they are investing, how big they're investing. But I think that that's going to change in a short future. That, that, that is not a thing that can stay that way. So the world, everything wants to be transparent now. Everything is going through transparency. Oh, and uh, you know, uh, we have like this law that parliament accepted like uh, 10 years ago. You can't get any kind of information from any kind of governmental organization uh, with a request. Any number. Any number. They have to give it to you. Like if you're a journalist and you're going to central bank and you want like some kind of statistics, they should give it to you by law. So that is a big step in. And we had this law 10 years ago. Like Nobody knows this though. No, nobody knows so this. It's, it's not just, so when we're going back at it, so it's not just about laws and regulations. It's about, it's, it's still the culture. Yeah, it's still the culture. But. I'm sure we're going to change this in the near future. So yeah. if, if there's any Iranian entrepreneur that wants to announce their investment, we'll be more than happy to write a post about them and announce their investment in the most transparent way possible. Yeah, that would be awesome. So this was the second episode of Rasa Talks. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed it. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to know about, and we'll do it in the next episode. Email us at hi at Thank you for listening to us. My name is Hamad Jaffe. This is Mohamed Reza. And Aliza Josie. Till later.